felt. Lord, we pray that this morning that you would be ever present with us, Father. I pray, Father, as I stand behind this pulpit to preach, that you would once again give me preaching power and preaching permission. Understanding if you don't give me either of the two, I'll be nothing more than sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, Father. I pray that you would prepare the hearts and minds of your people to hear from you this morning. Use me as you have the prophets of old to speak your word to your people, Father. And let this offering be a sweet-smelling savor to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Got to get her done. That's what I'm talking about. Um, it's always a, a joy and an honor. It's humbling to stand before God's people and declare his word. Um, I tell people this regularly that it is awe-inspiring. It's humbling that God has called me to tell a perfect story. And I'm completely imperfect. That's humbling on many levels to know that God will use an imperfect man to tell a perfect story. Um, But all throughout scripture we see that. That's who he used. And so that's where I can gain encouragement. Um, The month of May we, we speak directly to women all month long. Um. So this morning, I want to encourage our women. You guys have been doing an excellent job. I've seen some pictures of the outreach that you guys have been doing here in El Cajon, which is awesome. Um, We're in the process of trying to make sure we get some of our youth over here to help out with that regularly. So um, women are so awesome. Let's pray. I'm done. No. (laughs) Oh, man, women are awesome. Um, being being um, married and watching my wife, who was just a little background of my wife, she was, she, when we got married, she was 18. I was 23. We, three months after we got married, she got pregnant with twins. So a 19-year-old with twins, then four months after the twins came, she got pregnant again with Sanaya, and then now two years later, we have uh, Eden. And to watch my wife be so young and do what she's done and not tap out, not um, try killing herself, and that that's not even like, that's serious. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being serious when I say that because some people at that young of an age with that much pressure, what is there to live for? I'm, I'm 19 years old. I have a set of twins. I haven't even – I can't even go to the club yet. <laughs> so I can't even live life yet. And, and I got two sets of kids now that I'm responsible for. So to see her go all in all the time – and yes, she needs breaks, but to see her go all in has been an encouragement to me um, just to see her. My mother was um, a functioning uh, alcoholic, if you will. She was 
she was on drugs and she she functioned very well very well and to see her push through some of the some of the situations that she had uh, and that we had while we were growing up we were homeless for a long time we were staying in shelters for a long time we uh, were living at motel six for a long time I remember getting dropped off from football practice in high school at Motel 6. And my coach is asking, hey, you guys need some food? I'm like, if you can't get Taco Bell for everybody in the room, then I can't eat. You got to get for everybody or, or we can't do it. That was how, my, and my mother now has accepted Christ. She's been baptized. She's living her, she's no longer doing drugs. This, this is my mother pushing through this. I just texted her the other morning. Um, because I had the kids do this, the, the youth, to tell their parents one thing that, like one of their proudest moments that they had with their mother. Uh, this is before Mother's Day. <coughs> I think it was the first Sunday. And I texted her and I told her, Mom, one of the proudest moments that I had um, of my childhood with you was when you were working at the, in the cafeteria at my high school. A lot of kids wouldn't say that. They don't want their parents around. And my mom was working in the cafeteria at my school, and that was so cool because she had a job. She, I could say, yeah, that's my mom over there working in that snack bar. So it was really cool to see her at that point in her life. So to see where she is now is completely uh, 180 degree turn. And so that's super encouraging to see. So I commend you um, women this morning. When I have to be at home, with my four kids by myself, I want to text my wife, babe, where you at? Are you coming home yet? Are you, are you close? Are you, are you on your way? Because she's like, babe, I'm almost, I'm almost done doing whatever, but I'm like, babe, I don't know how you do it. Every single time I do it, I'm like, yeah, I don't know how you do it because I'm ready to, everybody sit down, like tie them down or something. I don't know, but women do it. You guys are awesome, and God has fashioned you guys to do that. And there's some awesome men that can do it, but I don't think God has gifted me with that. So I do my best, but I know that my wife has been awesome. So I want to commend you women this morning for um, being just being awesome and walking in the calling that God made you for. He made you to be helpers. And so when you guys do that, we praise God for that. So when you guys do that, you guys are... Um, you guys are uh, walking out what God has called you to do, so praise God for you. This morning, we're going to talk about um, the story of the widow that gave her last two mites. So the, the title of this message is um, Godly Women Give Their All. And so that was my background to how women are just awesome, and they, they give their all, whether it's in the last two mites or... Maybe it's their time, um, their talent, their love that they give their husbands. Um, so let's read God's word. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen is our um, our house scripture. So I do it a little differently. We're gonna read it all together. All right. So just read it all together. Ready? One, two, three. Read. Every part of scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth. Exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. For women, that task 
the very first task you were given was to be a helper. And so to see when women are walking that out is awesome. That, like, really warms my heart to see that. And um, I need to make sure I get a copy of this because I'm talking a lot about my wife. Hey, I was talking about you all morning. Uh, So Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4 says this. says, and he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all out of their surplus put into the offering. But she out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. Godly women give their all. They give their all. So we do three points and try to rush out of here this morning. So the first point, and I'm sorry I didn't have handouts for you guys. It completely, in all honesty, slipped my mind. So um, our first point is godly women stay focused on God. They have to stay focused on God with everything else that's going on in in our world today from uh, these new genderless bathrooms to bills to TV, whatever it is that's going on around us, we have to understand, women, that to go all in with God, you have to stay focused on him. You can't get um, mixed up in this world with everything that's going on. The word focus um, means the adjustment for distinct vision, also the area that may be seen distinctly or resolved into a clear image. So after we focus up, it can be a clear uh, image, a state or condition permitting clear perception or understanding. It's so important that we get a clear understanding of God's word, a clear perception of who God is as being a woman because God has called you specifically to do specific things. And so if you don't have a clear perception or a clear understanding of what that is, it's going to be very hard for you to uh, carry out the task that God has given you. So that's why it's so important for a woman to not get tangled up in what's going on in this world. Second Timothy 2.4 uh, says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. It's 100% impossible for any military, active military um, personnel to act, I mean, uh, effectively do their job if they are entangled with everything that's going on back home. It's 100% any, that, that uh, soldier is ineffective if they're entangled with what's going on with a past relationship, a uh, a Facebook post, somebody, they, <laughs> they get mad because they've seen something on Twitter or Facebook. Now you can't do your job effectively. If women were to get entangled with that, just think of the things that just on a regular basis, the day-to-day things that women have to do, whether that's um, changing a baby's diaper, cooking, cleaning the house, going to work if you got a job, these different things, if you get so hung up on everything else 
there's a whole onslaught of stuff that doesn't get done now. Does that make sense? Women have such an intricate role in their family structure that it's it's almost impossible to to um, what's the word run run your household or or create your house into a home if you're worried about next slide your finances, um, maybe your finances your uh, your husband go click on it. There's a uh, yep there it is boom you're in the game finances your husband click it one more time loving hip hop what's going on on TV whatever shows you watch or even ministries. This is something that a lot of people, I, I, don't, I don't think they understand that you can be too wrapped up in ministry. That now your household is going, going under. You can be so wrapped up in ministry, so, so like devoted to ministry that you're no longer devoted, that same devotion to your family. Which is a problem. A huge problem. So we have to find a healthy balance and I say we because we all here are part of the body of God of Christ so when we are a part of these ministries we need to make sure that we make time for family we have to do that we can't try to do ministry and be excellent at ministry and mediocre uh, mediocre at at life and family that's ridiculous you can't do that because now once your family starts to go down, the Bible talks to us about not if you can't rule your household, how you think you're going to try to rule over anything else? It's, impo- it's almost impossible for us to think that we can be excellent in ministry and excellent at our job and excellent in, in um, paying our bills and so disciplined down to the T. We know where every might went. <laughs> we know where every penny went. But then our our marriage goes by the wayside. That's like a back burner thing. That's something that we worry about later because my wife knows or my husband knows that this is ministry. So he'll understand. She'll understand. We can't get too wrapped up in ministry to where now it's. We lose sight of 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 our family. This other um, cool little quote I found says follow focus means follow one course until success follow one course until until successful if we as as believers get on this one track and stay on this one track until we meet our savior face to face we could have did that huh follow one course until savior <laughs> you like that <laughs> Until we meet our Savior face to face, we'd be on the right track. But too many times we, we get on one track and then we're like, okay, well, I got to get on this track now. And then I got to get on this track too because once I get on this track, then my life will be, be right. It's impossible for us to think that we can be involved in everything and still be successful. You guys have heard somebody say that um, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. You can do all these different things, but you're not really like a master at anything. I encourage us this morning to be masters at studying God's word, masters at loving God, loving people, 
That's what we need to be masters at. And if we follow that track, I promise you it will take you and you'll see your Savior face to face. I promise you that. That's exciting to know. But we can't get on one track and then try to jump to another track. If anybody here ran track, you know that you can't go into more than one lane. You have to stay in your lane. If you go into another lane, then you are disqualified. Now you're no longer competing for the prize. You just ran half a mile for no reason. That's crazy. I don't even like running. And for me to think I'm going to make sure that I stay in my lane because this is going to matter once I'm done. So now, women, we have you guys have one course. Be a wife. Be a mother. These are all falling under the same category. Loving God and then you follow that track and then you'll be you will be set up for success. If we train our kids to be great because of an example that we set, then they'll they'll be set up for to get on that same track. I'm uh you, you guys know I'm the uh the youth minister and I I'm, I'm I always hear people talk about how like bad this generation is and how like um they ask all these questions and they don't do anything and they are um lazy this whole I get I trust me I work with them on a day-to-day basis worked in group homes for 10 years I've seen kids that don't do nothing trust me show me their parents though show me their parents some of their parents are excellent and they just took a wrong path and then others parents are just like them they see exactly what their parents did and they think why would I why would I change anything if this is how my dad did it or my mom did it then this clear and it's clearly working for them they ain't died yet because to young people if you ain't dead then you cl- clearly you can do f- you you are on the right track so that means I can live my life however because I you're not dead y'all heard the YOLO you only live once so if I'm still alive then I can live my life however I want that's craziness craziness but we as the adults need to make sure that our path is the path that they are following and the path that we're following is the path to be successful the path that's going to take us to our savior all right hebrews 12 1 and 2 familiar passage says uh therefore since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us let us us let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. (coughs) This whole idea of taking off these sins that so easily beset us, this, these weights that easily beset us, if, where Deacon Jones at? I was, gonna, I was gonna use him. If me and Deacon Jones got out to race right now, I'd beat him, straight up, whatever. Whatever, right? Tell him I said that. I'd smoke him, right? I know, I know, I only said it because he wasn't here. Um, I, whenever I come here, I'm always planning on Deacon, Jan- uh, Deacon Jones, man. Um, but this uh, a picture of this of this scripture for for women now is you already have so much to do. 
you already have so many job titles, so many hats that you wear. Don't put on anything else extra. If me and Deacon Jones were to get out right now and run a race, and I was to grab uh, this guitar, right, <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's go. Meet me out there in the street. Let's go. I'm going to race you right now. I'm holding this stuff, and I'm going to race you. Let's go. Ready? This is what this looks like. That's what this scripture looks like. Put off all the extra stuff. Why are you going to take any, anything extra that you don't need? Lay aside those things that, that are heavy, that are burdensome to you, that, that don't honor God. There's no reason for us to be carrying all this extra stuff, and you already have a job to do. Does that make sense? Men and women, we need there's certain things in our life that we need to just lay aside. There's nobody that ever ran a track meet in a three piece suit and ankle weights. That doesn't make sense. So why would we now run this race for the crown of righteousness and have anything extra on? If there's certain things in our life that we need to do away with, we need to just do away with them. And women. You guys already hold so much. You guys, your role is vital to the team. Vital. It's like trying to play football without a football. If women are doing what God has called them to do. It's like trying to play basketball without a basketball. If women aren't doing what they're called, what God has called them to do. And vice versa, it's the same thing, men. When we don't do our job, it's the same thing. We might as well not even bring, we say we're going down to the, the street down the street to play basketball with no basketball and nobody got one does it make sense so godly women stay focused on god secondly godly women stay fervent in prayer we have to stay fervent in prayer that word fervent which is really cool uh, it means to be very hot um, exhibiting or marked by great intensity or feeling women when my wife is like like down in the dumps. Like that makes me get down in the dumps. When my wife is like um like mad or, or angry or frustrated about something, now I get frustrated. Now I get I get like put in a situation now that I don't like to be in because of that feeling that she is. So if she is fervently in prayer, I asked my wife this morning, I say, like, babe, are you praying for me? Because I can feel it personally. Are you praying? Because this morning I woke up, I was like, man, it's not not one of those days. <laughs> I'm like, this, I don't know. I don't know about today. I'm like, babe, are you praying for me? Because that intensity, that great feeling that she has, because she's staying fervent in prayer, I feel that. I can feel that. And so women, please make sure that you're staying fervent in prayer. You have to stay fervent in prayer because it, 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 don't, it doesn't only affect you. It doesn't only affect you. It affects your, your spouse, the people around you. That it, it's marked by great intensity of feeling, great intensity. So we can feel that. So Acts chapter 1 verse 14 says that these all with one mind – this is in the upper room, were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. 
they were praying. They were found praying. They weren't they weren't like chilling, like hoping something happens. Uh like we just wait around, maybe the spirit will come and maybe, but they were pr- they were actually praying continually is what it says. Acts twelve five says that so Peter was kept in prison, but prayer from him for him, excuse me, was being made fervently by the church of God. We as a church need to continue to pray. Not just the women, but as the church, period. God has been speaking loud and clear to me about this whole, about being more uh, prayerful. Because we're coming, we, we are really fighting against spiritual principalities. This isn't something that we're fighting one-on-one. Yesterday at... Um, was anybody here at the men's breakfast yesterday? Okay, so this is this story is going to blow your mind. Yesterday, uh, there was a gentleman. This is after our men's uh, men's meeting. That was he was on some kind of drugs, is what we're going to say. Or a demon was like influencing this guy in a major way. He comes flying down Bancroft and goes to go into the church parking lot and just slams on the brakes and backs out and then starts flying down. He's almost at the corner now by the command center and slams on his brakes again. And he gets out the car, goes to his back pocket like he's got a gun. He's like, oh, y'all want it? Da-da-da-da-da, like going back and forth now. We got all the men walking up, and Big Larry's just sitting there on the fence like this. Like looking like, do it if you want to. Do it, well you do it if you want to. He's like, you just mugging, da 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 da, this and that. So if this gentleman had a gun, I don't think y'all understand me. If we weren't praying, something really bad could have happened. Even if he didn't have a gun and he just rode up into the parking lot and decided he wanted to just run over people with his truck. Then he pulls off, because we're all standing out here now. There's probably like 15 of us standing outside, and he's like going off on everybody. I don't care if this is uh, a church. I don't give a F if this is a church. God can't help you. He ain't down here. He's up there. Crazy. Gets back in his car, slams on his brakes again. A car almost runs into the back of him. Then that car pulls on the side, and now they're going at it. Craziness craziness church we need to pray we have to pray because if we didn't if we weren't praying if there wasn't people praying in that situation we don't know what would have happened we don't know what would have happened so it we have to stay fervent in prayer because this is going to exude to everybody around us it's going to it's going to be now this overflow of god's love grace peace we have to be praying we have to. God has been speaking loud and clear to me about becoming more prayerful. Acts twelve twelve says, and when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of, of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Prayer is so essential. It blows my mind that we have 
direct access to God through prayer, through reading his word, and we choose to not take it. How many of you guys here have a, uh, a membership to a gym? A few people got memberships to a gym? How many of you guys got memberships to like a season pass somewhere? Six Flags, Disneyland, anywhere? You go pay that money and not use it? <laughs> Some people, <laughs> especially the gym. So, but that is, is still a great example because you have this access to the gym. You have, you have access to transformation and you choose to not take it. You have direct access to go see Mickey whenever you want to see him. Pluto, Goofy, all, you got direct access. You can go see him whenever you want and you don't go see him. You got direct access to, I don't know, anything, and you choose to not do it, choose to not, to not access it, is, it's foolish. So especially even more now with God's word, we have direct access to him. I don't got to go nowhere. I don't got to do nothing. You can pull your phone out and talk to God and hear from him. Now, when I go places, I say op- either open your Bible or, or turn on your Bible. You turn on your Bible and swipe to, to Luke. You have direct access. It's literally at our fingertips. Speaking to God is literally just a conversation. And we choose to not have it. We have to stay fervent in prayer. Psalm 16 verses 8 through 10 says this. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your holy one to undergo decay. We have to set the Lord before us continually. We have to continually go before him. If we continuously put him before us, then we can, it's going to be very hard to miss him. If we're always seeking God's face, it's going to be hard to miss it when he talks to us. If you want something done from your child or from your wife or your, your husband, you go directly to them and say, hey, husband, wife, child, this is what I need you to do. Can you do this for me? Whatever. You don't say, nothing and hope it gets done you don't do that you seek that person and say hey this is what i need you don't just sit back and it's like man it's gonna get done no i seen a um a video actually from uh my life group shepherd deacon jones and i've used this a couple different times this uh this group of people were praying it was a it was a skit i think it was and they were praying for rain because it was so hot. And they were like, oh, my goodness, it's so hot. I, I can't breathe. And I need some water, this and that. And so they're like, all right, let's get together. Let's pray for rain. So this group of a couple people began to pray. And once they were done praying, one stayed. Everybody else, like, walked away. And was like, all right, we did what we came to do. And um, one young lady walked 
away and came back with an umbrella, stood next to the dude, <laughs> opened the umbrella, and stood there. He's like, what are you doing? I just prayed for rain. I'm expecting rain to come. That's good, right? Now, as we pray, we need to expect that because once we continually put God before us, we can now be happy and, and uh, our glory rejoices. But if we don't ever put God before us, if we don't ever pray, believing that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, stop praying. Stop praying. Titus 2 um, says, older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious, gossip, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching th- uh, what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Um, it's, again, part of your gift, women, to teach the younger women. There's so many, uh, there's so many young girls that I come across that are just Pastor had to send a young girl home the other day when we were going to an event because of what she had on. He told her, and he happened to be outside and got her before I got her, but he said, go home and change that and then come back. So this is my charge to, to women. Begin to pray fervently about a young woman that you can pour into. Pray fervently about a young woman that you can begin to pour into. That may be a family member. That may be one of our youth that we have that comes around regularly. That may be a a young woman at your job. This doesn't have to be a teenager. A woman, just pouring into a woman. What is that going to do? Why why do that? Because one, it it keeps you accountable. It's going to make sure that you're on top of your game. Two, it's going to now raise up a generation that's not like the one that you came from. I'm pretty positive that there's some things that you can look back in your generation and say, you know what, I wish that this was different. I wish that was different. Okay, what are you doing about it? What are you, do- are you doing? Are you pouring into these young women? If you look at some of these young women today, you'll say, wow, we would have never did that when I was a kid. Fellas, we, l- we look at some of these young, young men and say, we, we were never doing that when I was a kid. Some of the stuff is great. It's just crazy to see what some of these young, young men do. But what are we doing about what they're doing? So my, my charge to you guys this morning, women, is that you begin to pray about somebody that you can pour into. Because godly women go all in. And going all in is meaning that you're pouring all that you have into somebody else. That's going all in. Lastly, godly women stay faithful. Once you get, in, get on this path with God, there's no turning back. You don't turn around and say, oh, man, I, I like the way I used to be. This, the life that I used to live was way better than this. It was funner. It was like I didn't have a care in the world. We just sung a song that said that God's presence is heaven. If you can remember back to the place that you were at when you didn't, that you weren't uh, a, a child of God, and think at that moment what you were doing, who you were doing it with, what you guys, what your guys' thoughts were, that presence of God was not there. And for some people, I pray to God that that's somewhere that you don't want to go back to. Because if, if, if that's not, 
it's going to be a very hard struggle when temptation comes. But godly women stay faithful. Godly women go all in. They give their all. Verses 3 and 4 of our text this morning says, And he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them, for they all out of their surplus put into the offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. That word poor in the, in the um, original text means to be miserably poor, to be utterly helpless. These rich people were given out of their surplus. If you have a surplus, that's stuff you don't need. I'm going try to try to make this plain real quick in the next couple minutes. They gave out of. So let's try to put this in perspective. Uh, uh, these rich people had great jobs, great retirement, great a great savings account. And they chose to give this great amount from a savings account that they don't even touch. That they, they don't even need this stuff to live on. They, this is just extra money. They said, I'm going to take some out of this. And then give that to the church. Are you guys getting the picture? They didn't need this money that they gave. This money they could have they could have gave all of it and still not have been in, in any kind of shambles. That's what giving out of their surplus was. This surplus was extra. It was just extra stuff that they had lying around. That's crazy to think nowadays that people just got money lying around. Oh, man, I wish I had some money lying around. They just had it lying around. And they said, you know, we're going to take from this and give. Whereas this widow, this is literally all she has. Her lively, all of her livelihood is what some, um, some translations say. Everything she had to live on. This is all I got. This is what I'm going to give. I'm going to. Hebrews 11.6, run through these verses real quick and then tell you a quick story. Says, Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Next slide. Galatians 5.22 says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and that's where I stop. Um, godly women have to be faithful have to be faithful and it's 100% impossible to please God if you don't have faith when me and my wife moved out here we prayed got confirmation and got a peace about coming and we said you know what we're going to go I didn't have a job I didn't have any any kind of income I was leaving a position where I was the manager of a group home, and I had just started my own company, Crawley Training, where I was doing speed and agility training for athletes, and got a call from an all-star baseball team that wanted me to train their kids, um, and we began to pray. And we're like, you know what? This is a lot of money. If I take this job, this is going to be a lot of money, but that means that I'm not going to – we're not going to make this move right now. And we believe that God had – 
given us peace about moving at that moment. So <coughs> in all of that, we moved here with no job. We were only getting welfare money. We were getting about $905. And how many of you guys know there's no place in San Diego for, for less than $900? <laughs> Nowhere in San Diego, right? Somebody may like put their garage together and let us stay in that for for uh, like eight ninety nine. So, <laughs> um, so we were like, "Wow, this is craziness." So we began to pray. We found a spot for nine fifty, um, but we still had to be faithful. We knew that we had to tithe, and so we're getting nine fifty, brother. That's all we got. Nine oh five, our rent was $45 over what we were getting. So we had to still tithe off of that 905 because we knew that we needed to stay faithful. And my wife said, babe, we still got to pay our tithe. We still got to pay our tithe. Still got to pay our tithe. Being faithful, I'm like, I know we got to pay our tithe. But this bill ain't leaving, though, either. So we, we paid our tithe, and God showed up every single every single time and so my my encouragement this morning as i go to my seat is that women you have to go all in with god and godly godly women do that the way to do that is to stay focused on god stay focused on him don't allow anything extra uh, around you to to weigh you down when you're getting ready to get on this road with god secondly you have to stay fervent in prayer. You have to continue to pray. Continue to pray. That's the only way that, that anything is going to change is if we take that to God and God says, I hear your prayer, and I'm going to change the, the situation. And lastly, we have to stay, stay faithful, whether that's giving your last because you know that that's what God has commanded you to do or giving of your time. I'm, I'm so serious when I tell you to – Begin to pray about a young lady that you've been praying about. Because that is where God is going to bless you also. I promise you that. So I'm serious. I'm not, don't be like, oh, that's just the youth minister talking because he needs some help. <laughs> that's not, I'm being serious. I'm, I'm being serious. If I don't ever see y'all talk to the young ladies, I don't care. I just want you guys to find a young lady to pour into. And men likewise. Begin to pray about that. And seriously say, this is who I'm, gonna, who I'm going to... Um, pour into so godly women go all in by doing by staying uh, focused fervent and faithful let us pray father in heaven we thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives father we thank you for everything that you've uh, bestowed upon us to this very moment father being uh, with you is all that we want to do I pray this morning that this message was um, challenging and convicting, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in the hearts of, of your people here this morning, that they would be able to go all in, just like this widow did. This widow said, you know what, this is all I have, but I know that God has been faithful, and I'm going to give him all that I have, because I know that he gave me all that he had, by sending his son from heaven to go to a cross to die for my sins. I know that. So I'm going to give him all that I have. 
Father, if there's somebody here this morning that has never accepted you as Lord and Savior of their life, I pray right now that you'd give them supernatural power to raise their hand and say, you know what? From this moment on, I want to I go all in with God. I want to leave no doubt. I, wanna, I don't want anything to um, hinder what, what you have for me, Father. So um, there's three ways that you can come this morning. First one is for salvation. Understanding that you need to accept Christ to become a godly person. If you don't have God, you can't become godly. Um, second is that you come for restoration. You may have known God as your Savior, but you have strayed, strayed away. You may have left church and said, you know what, I'm going to come back. Um, I've been attending this church for a while now, and I want to make sure that I'm a member here because I want to be poured into on a regular basis. Lastly, you can come for um, for just discipleship. You want to be a part of this this body. You, you're a believer. You um, know Christ is your Lord and Savior, Savior, and you need a church home. So, Father in heaven, I pray right now that if there's somebody here that would um, say that they've never accepted you as Lord and Savior, that they would raise their hand and say, you know what, I want today to be that day that I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. If there's one this morning, you can raise your hand. Secondly, you may say, I am a believer. I've been running around this town trying to figure out what God wants me to do, and uh, I need to be at a church where I'm being poured into. You can have that here at New Seasons. If there's one here that needs a church home um, and that you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can raise your hand. Lastly, if you're here and you need a church home, I have an aquarium at home with fish in it, and I know if I take them out of my fish tank, they won't last long. Um, If you're a believer outside of the church, it's only a matter of time before this world tries to check you out. If there's one here today that needs a church home, you can raise your hand and we would love for you to be a member here at our church. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for these people this morning, Father, that have um, heard your word. I pray that they would be challenged, convicted, and changed by your word this morning, Father. I pray that they would know that they have to go all in, that they would stay focused on you, fervent in prayer, and faithful to you, Father. We thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.